0: Welcome to On The Go, an on-road transportation podcast with Clean Cities. In this episode, we're talking to folks from Clean Cities about technical assistance for alternative fuels, advanced vehicles, and emerging transportation technologies. I'm Molly Putzig, and today my colleague John Gonzalez at the National Renewable Energy Lab will be talking about technical assistance with three guests. John leads the technical assistance effort for the Clean Cities Coalition Network connecting transportation stakeholders with objective information and experts to assist with alternative fuels, vehicles, infrastructure, and emerging transportation technologies. Through these trusted, time-tested resources, Clean Cities Coalition's have helped fleets and fuel providers deploy well over a million alternative fuel vehicles and tens of thousands of fueling and charging stations that serve a growing market across the US. Our guests today are Lori Clark from Dallas-Fort Worth Clean Cities, Rita Ebert from Greater Long Island Clean Cities, and Steve Trowbridge from Drive Clean Colorado. They'll be talking with John about their experiences getting technical assistance on their transportation projects. Let's take a minute to introduce our guests. John?
1: Hello Molly, John Gonzalez with the National Renewable Energy Lab. Rita, would you please go next?
2: Sure, I'm Rita Ebert from the Greater Long Island Clean Cities Coalition. I am the program director.
3: Hi, I'm Steve Trobridge with Drive Clean Colorado. I'm the fleets and fuels project manager. Last but not least, Lori Clark.
4: Hi, I'm Lori Clark. I'm the director of the Dallas-Fort Worth Clean Cities Coalition, and we are hosted at the North Central Texas Council of Governments.
1: Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We are going to talk about some of your technical assistance uh, projects that you've had that you requested of the National Renewable Energy Laboratory and really just want to talk about how uh, these projects helped you, how they helped your coalition, how you helped your stakeholders. I think uh, I think we'll start off with Rita. If you would, Rita, talk a little bit about the program that you had and, and some of the challenges that you ran into and a little bit of that, if you don't mind.
2: Thanks, John. Um, what we did was uh, we had American Recovery Reinvestment Act with the Town of Oyster Bay, uh, the town was running into some issues with their um, c garbage trucks that were retrofit. They were running a little hot, and they were melting some of the internal um, equipment in the engine. So I reached out to John for help, and uh, they were graciously enough to come out to Oyster Bay. And we resolved the issue by lowering the temperature without having to change the EPA-regulated – I forgot the word. Sorry. Well,
1: it's okay. It's okay. Um,
2: So without having EPA change the – what is that called, John? The
1: the certification, yeah. The engines were certified to an emission standard, correct, yeah, and we did not alter that to allow those vehicles to stay on the road.
2: Yes. So as of uh, now, today, um, many years later, the vehicles are still running. Thanks for the uh, the help from John and uh, the team. So I'm very happy with it.
1: Thanks, Rita. We'll, we'll turn it over to Lori a little bit. She can talk a little bit about propane. Rita was talking about natural gas in those refuse trucks.
4: Sure. So our situation was... Uh, was interesting Uh, we had a school transportation provider that had been contracted by 13 school districts locally to provide um, student transport services and that fleet had made a very big investment in propane school buses and long story short that Um, organization was dissolved and when they dissolved, they transferred ownership of their assets, including a lot of their propane school buses um, to the various districts that they had served. So all of a sudden these school districts are inheriting buses that um, they didn't choose and that they didn't necessarily have staff or training to operate and had to scramble with with just a few months ahead of the school year to figure out how they were going to take ownership of providing student transportation services so everything from hiring drivers to figuring out routing to how do we how do we operate maintain and and drive these school buses some of which are propane and so we we reached out to to get some help for them because they really needed some in-depth technical knowledge Um, and on some of these were older conversion systems propane conversion systems Uh, they needed to understand whether or not their own uh, maintenance technicians needed to be trained um, what kind of training that was required and, and a whole host of of issues and as as a coalition Um, We just didn't have the depth of expertise to be able to provide that support. And so I reached out and John was able to to step in. And um, some of those districts are still operating propane and ordering new propane buses today. So um, it was very successful.
1: Thanks, Lori. That's great. We'll we'll get more into uh, some of those issues like we will with Rita, but let's go ahead and turn it over to Steve. Talk a little bit about your experience with natural gas refuse trucks as well. A little different than Rita, but um, If you would, talk about
3: your experience there. We had a problem that was discovered in a listening session that was unrelated to some degree to the subject matter of the listening session, but um, we followed up on it anyway, and uh, just on a hunch. And it turned out to be um, a unique problem with uh, CNG engines that uh, I guess happens with with every CNG engine. Uh, It's just more pronounced in this application. We'll get into that uh, later. But the way TA helped us is that they have extension, extensive connections and resources that I didn't even imagine. They put us in touch with uh, Cummins, the man engine manufacturer. They put us in touch with waste management at the highest levels. because they had experienced similar problems. They put us in touch with with McNeilis and AMREP and AutoCar. These people have resources that you can't imagine, and they will help you get to the bottom of the problem, no matter what it is. Great, Steve,
1: thanks. That's That's an interesting story. We're going to get back to it. Rita, if we could, let's talk a little bit about in your situation, that was Recovery Act funds. Um, and these happened to be fuel systems that were on these trucks that were from a company that unfortunately had gone out of business. And uh, that is kind of where some of the trouble started was who do we contact, right? Who do we even work with to help help keep these trucks on the road? And you had a great dealer there in Siasa truck that was helping you. They were limited too right
2: that is correct john um truck is the person that did the retrofit and um they kept replacing the parts and it was costing a fortune for them so that's when uh the town of voice Bay contacted me and i was like oh i was unaware at first that was happening and that's when we reached out to you john not only is the company out of business, but we had to figure out what we could do to keep these trucks from overheating, the engine overheating, and melting parts. So that's when uh, I had called out to you.
1: Yeah, we we found out a few things. Um, We have a team kind of on the whole backside of NREL that was able to do some data logging on those those, uh, refuse trucks and find out more what was going on when was it happening we also found some driver characteristics of those trucks that even the fleet didn't know about they were they were running them pretty fast if you remember Rita in some 65 mile an hour zone we clocked them doing 79 and and uh, we did some reconditioning there but we also we also worked with EPA to get a a variance which they had never done one of this size When we did a little bit of work on that, like you said, we slowed them down. We cooled them down um, by really turning the RPM down uh, and turning the fans on a little bit sooner to help cool the engines down. We're only able to do that though, because we were fortunate to know some of the suppliers that built the fuel system components for that. And we're able to work with them even though the main company was no longer in business. We're able to work with the other suppliers uh, that was able to help us there, which was instrumental.
2: Yes, John, that's correct. And, uh, it was very important. It was the whole fleet. It was all 46 vehicles that had to be worked on. And it was very important because they had to pick up trash no matter what, you know, so as the trucks were going down, they were trying to paste them back together and put them out on the road. Um, another important fact that, um, when we had hurricane sandy on long island these trucks were able to continue to pick up refuse when fuel was um not available so this it was very very important to keep these vehicles going you know so we're happy with it
1: and i remember them saying that the last thing you want to do is not pick up the trash in new york that is a <laughs> bad day that is a bad day
2: that is that it's a very bad day, especially when uh, the town has, you know, twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 residents in it and they have to pick up trash, you know, two, three times a week, sometimes four times a week if they're included in the uh, recycling. So it was very important to keep these trucks going.
1: Agreed, agreed. Hey Lori, I um, wanna talk about Dallas ISD a little bit. And when they inherited those propane school buses, I remember those initial discussions were, uh, we we don't like these things, for one, and um, they were like, can we figure out a way to move on from this in our life? But fortunately, you were able to, with your coalition, to just continue talking them, talking to them through working with your local suppliers, uh, that you've ever been able to move the needle where they're buying new propane school buses.
4: Yes, absolutely. So, you know, there were some of the issues were just understanding um, the resources available and, and with your assistance on kind of what, you know, how how to troubleshoot. Uh, fuel systems, especially these are, again, as I mentioned, older um, propane conversions, Clean Fuel USA conversions in many cases, um, understanding what was and was not required for their own technicians to be trained and just keeping that conversation going and and keeping them top of mind every time we receive new resources about propane or, or learn something different or heard that there was an issue. Just... Kind of constantly beating that drum and and sending them additional like, hey, this may be helpful. Hey, you might be interested in this. Hey, here's a webinar. Um, and and helping them get over that learning curve and they also had some really old infrastructure and so connecting them with some resources for infrastructure upgrades and um, you know pump issues and and things like that and yes lately they have been um, as part of their new school bus orders uh, investing in brand new OEM propane school buses uh, which is great to see that they that they're continuing to maintain that commitment even while they investigate uh, newer tech or other new technologies that are alternative fuel technologies like they're looking into electric and things like that uh, but they are not turning back to diesel which is great.
1: Yeah that that's impressive. I remember meeting that fleet manager that was brand new and he was trying to sift through all that all uh, all that debris really what what i would call debris from kind of that whole absorption of all the districts together like that and technicians that had had some poor experiences with propane and working with them to help help them understand about how technology has changed and how the technology is substantially better today than that technology that they have on those buses that was 10 15 years old they had some old equipment there and you just kind of kept you just kind of kept working with them and, and showing them that hey, technology changes over time. If you look at your diesel technology, it's it's gotten better right? It's not what it was 20 years ago. And uh, the same way with those propane buses. I, I'm impressed that the work you guys did to get them to turn around and and start buying and and even looking at other technologies as well. looking at electric buses, and saying that diesel is something that is kind of behind them. I'm impressed with the work you guys did there.
4: Thank you. Well, it wasn't just us. Technical assistance <laughs> helped a lot, you know, as as coalition staff and there, we have to cover a lot of different things, right? And so in some cases, we end up being generalists to a certain degree. And so there are some issues and questions that came up that were really in the weeds that we didn't feel, you know, Sometimes you fake it till you make it. This is not one of the times to fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> when you're trying sure. to offer a fleet assistance and and trying to help them solve a problem. And so being able to turn to technical assistance and make sure that we're getting accurate and um, detailed information that's really going to address their questions was extremely um, valuable.
1: Well, we're, we're happy that we're able to help, happy to be able to help on that. And uh, I, I admire what you guys did. Thank you for the credits that you're giving us, but it, it was a teamwork without a doubt. Same thing with Rita and her group. And and Steve, let's turn it over to you. I, I mean, we, um, we partaked in that listening session together and you and I both heard that as far as this was a surge issue that they had with these refuse trucks that they did not experience with diesel. And um, they needed help understanding that. And also, the manufacturer needed some help understanding that, too. Because it is my understanding that these trucks had a fuel system calibration that was new to that given model year. The engine manufacturer had not seen this issue that had been brought up through the city of Longmont. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that and how, how that kind of came through for, from your
3: standpoint? Yeah, it was um, it was a problem that... The engine surge was something that, that happens evidently with all CNG engines. It's just more pronounced in this apps application where uh, refuse trucks are the heaviest duty. Of uh, of all these vocational vehicles, so. Um, what it was was uh, the. The the engine, the fuel system kept dosing fuel into the intake of the uh, intake manifold. Um, When the load uh, went away, there was still residual fuel that needed to be burned off and thus the the surge.
1: Yeah, and it was was really kind of between the, the folks, the engine manufacturer and the body manufacturer to talk to each other a little bit more and understanding how this worked because the situation, as far as it would explain to us, these trash trucks, they would go from stop to stop. They'd run the compact at the same time, when they go from one stop to another, and that would change the load on the engine itself. Then the engine would say it's okay. I'm needing to work harder. I need more fuel to work harder. So it gave it more fuel. But then when that load went away, some of that fuel was still residual. And in this case would cause the vehicle to want to and what they would call surge forward. What they had to do with some calibrating to understanding what the load was versus what the full load, and then to maximize the effect of this condition. That is where it is good that we were able to get the engine manufacturer involved to help them work with the folks to make sure the body was talking correctly with the engine to resolve this issue. And through those discussions, we're able to do some work on their end to help minimize that. Like Steve said, it's not gonna all go away just because some of that fuel is in that manifold, it's residual, but there's also um, uh, more of a synergy between the components, those hydraulic components in the engine to make sure that that surge is minimized. Is minimized. Is that how you understand it as well, Steve?
3: Well, there, is, there you have it folks. Uh, very well said, very plainly described. Um, and in case anybody, in, is technical and uh more information the resolution was a recalibration of the electronic control module the brains of the engine
1: yeah definitely a partnership there definitely a partial partnership there and it, it's kind of like how rita worked with the with the town uh with long island with the town of oyster bay there where the town was all in to make sure that these things kept working they they put a lot of effort in there, didn't they, Rita, as far as keeping these, these trucks on the road? I remember when we went to visit from that 46, they were down to 33 already having issues with those. And the town was all in to make this happen. Talk about kind of your relationship with the town and how, how that's helped you with that stakeholder.
2: Yes, um, it has helped to create deal. The Town of the Bay has been a member of our coalition for many, many years, and we had this big project putting in the compressed natural gas station and retrofitting 46 trucks. So the town really wanted to make a statement to go in cleaner transportation, and they were gun ho on this, and they really wanted to, it to succeed. So, you know, when you have a good stakeholder that's willing to do anything to keep these trucks going, you know, it strengthened our relationship with the town, knowing that I was able to reach out and get the help for them. Sometimes they just feel lost by dealing with the dealers or the manufacturers and having clean cities and the uh, technical response team showed them that it is a wide variety of things that can be brought together and to solve issues. So it has helped our uh, relationship a great deal.
1: Yeah, that I, I, I felt that. Those folks were really great to work with. and. And I, I know they were leaning on you heavy. They they needed your help. So I'm glad the work you guys did there. Hey, Lori, with, with Dallas, I know when we met with them that first time was one of your first times to meet with them. Um, you had had some difficulty getting in there. They just they just weren't open arms to you. But by doing this and working through this and trying to help and, and helping them solve these issues and also bringing forward solutions moving forward how has that helped you with that stakeholder and kind of creating a new stakeholder that you've been really trying to get into for a while
4: yeah it was very helpful um as i mentioned the student transportation had been provided by a a third-party entity and so we had a really long-standing relationship with that transportation provider um and and really hadn't established relationships with the different school districts that they served because the school districts didn't have their own school bus fleets and so you know there was there was any number of things happening and and with the with the does with the dissolving of that transportation provider and um, for the school district for Dallas ISD to have to take on all of these obligations kind of fast and furiously. um, There was there was just so much noise coming at them, and frankly, a, a lot of People from the community that were coming at them with a bunch of asks and a lot of requests, and we think you should do this, and we think you should do that. And we just tried to keep our messaging very basic that, like, look, we're here to help whatever solution you want to proceed with. You know, they had a lot of people trying to pull them very early into um, a different field direction. We were like, we, we. We are here to help you solve the problems that you need to solve in order to be able to run the operations that you need to run, Um, you know, and and trying to stay somewhat neutral in terms of fuel recommendations, aside from um, some gentle nudging that we would really rather you not turn back to diesel. So how do we make you make this work? Um, That I think helped a lot and just kind of as I mentioned that slow and steady drumbeat um, just popping up every every so often even if we hadn't had a lot of conversations just sending them the email and you know then we would see them on webinars or we would see them show up in a meeting and so we knew that they were that they were listening and that they were getting the information um, and it's really you know kind of come to fruition this year with some exciting developments and and some announcements on some of the plans that they have for where they're going. With their fleet, and this has been you know, several. I, I should say this happened. I want to say all of this kind of hit the fan six or seven years ago. So it's taken some time, but it's, it's slow and steady wins the race.
1: You bet. I, I I went. I remember when we went down there and did the listening session and went to Dallas ID, Dallas ISD, and boy, that was before before that was like in 2019 or 18. It it was. It's yeah. been a while. It's been it a while. Yeah, but look where, look where it's gone. Look where it's gone. That's, I think that is what folks need to understand more than anything, is this doesn't just happen overnight. Um, this work, all the effort that you folks have put in to just continue to show them that you're that trusted resource and, and can help them when something goes wrong, right? That you're not there, to sell them on anything, you're there to help them. You're there to help make their business better. What what it has done in this case, and it's helping you with others as well. Impressive. Hey Steve, in in the case of uh, these refuse trucks, this is the city of Longmont. Talk a little bit about that natural gas station they have where they're getting people from around the country wanting to know more about it and kind of how special that is and why Uh, you guys got involved, but also how that's strengthened your relationship with the city and others from that.
3: Well, this was a the listening session was about incorporating RNG uh, into a municipal fleet and um, that uh, it's really fascinating. This this uh, they have a sewage plant that they built. Very close to their. um, uh, Utilities division and um that's where they operate all their trash trucks refuse and whatnot and so there was a just a very good uh, proximity to make everything come together and and function in an efficient manner and so the rng is produced from the sewage plant it's cleaned it's scrubbed and um made into Uh, compressed natural gas and this uh, fuels their refuse trucks and that's that's the system in a nutshell and and also another complicated part of that was the the RINs he spoke about that as well the the, um, the financial side of RNG yeah
1: those are all big pieces no doubt about it i think steve's selling himself short here a little bit about um kind of the trust that longmont has put into them uh as far as the support that they have given uh longmont talks very highly of drive clean colorado i'm I'm happy with the work you guys have done there and the relationship you've built with the city because they've been a long time cng user kind of went away for many years uh and you you've helped Continue to instill that trust that it's 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 a worthwhile project to move forward, and uh, you, you built a lot of trust there. That's that's something you're you're selling yourself short on there, but you've done a good job there. Thanks, John. You bet. Hey, I I've been the one asking questions uh, of folks. If you would, just feel free to to say kind of what's on your mind, what you think about TA and and the value you believe TA has been for you folks. Uh, if, if it has, hopefully, we, that's, that's the goal. We hope it's been a, a value to you. Uh, but if you could, um, let's just talk about that a little bit with, this is just you speaking, and let, let's start out with, let's start out with Lori.
4: Well, I mean, definitely valuable. I think for us, um, you know especially lately there's so much noise around electrification um, and a lot of that is coming from groups that that maybe have a bias towards um, electrification being the one and only solution and being able to cut through some of the bias and really get it okay that's from a fuel neutral perspective what is the the most feasible, the most successful, the most long-term answer for this specific application and this specific fleet and this specific user. Um, Being able to turn to technical assistance and and know that we're getting kind of that unbiased. the answer that is really with the best interest of the end user in mind has been very valuable. And I think the fleets really um, respond well to that to knowing that this is coming from a reputable source that that is out to provide assistance. Um, and not out to advance one particular solution over the other. So I think that's really helpful. Um, It's helpful for us as staff and it's helpful for the fleets that we serve.
3: Great,
1: thank you. Thank you for that input. Hey, Steve, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, to be able to take, when we're implementing technology, it's, it's not tried and true. Things happen. Unexpected things happen, and some of the strangest problems occur. These people take the time to scientifically look at it, analyze it, break it down, and they 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 put you in contact with people that can make a difference. The manufacturers um, at at the at the deepest levels you need to go to. It's really a fantastic resource. It will help you. Uh, be a better coordinator and it will help uh, provide goodwill for cleaner burning fuels
1: great thanks for those thoughts steve rita i'm i'm putting you at the end here but that 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 means that means that you're just on the hot seat at the very back but you uh, definitely not uh, least here
2: okay one of the important things about working with uh, technical assistance is People, we want to spread the word for clean cities. We don't want to have a black eye. And when people put their faith in us, we have people to go to when we have issues. This is very, very important. If we had just given the um, funding available to the town and not been able to work with them after the process, because things do happen, as we've said, you know, we kind of drop the ball on that. So we have to follow through on all of our projects. And thanks to technical assistance, we could do that. And with any technology, any um, alternative fuel, it's nice to know that we have backup. So it also helps the coalition, it helps the uh, stakeholder member, and it also helps us with the um, vehicle dealership. So then they're not stuck holding the load by themselves. So it is very, very important that like a big circle we all like a snowball effect we all have to help one another and that also helps the coalitions thrive and our coalition thrives because we look for the help we try to find answers we don't drop the ball when you get the vehicle we say okay see it we have to follow through to make sure these vehicles are doing the best they can and if there's an issue we have to address it
1: Great input, Rita. Great input. Um, I, I want to say thank you to all three of you. We appreciate your time today on this podcast, sharing uh, those things that have happened with you and your coalitions, and and you personally as as far as how that has impacted you and and how it's helped your stakeholders uh, move forward and keep their projects going. Those are pieces that everybody needs to hear about because. That's really what we're all about from a clean city standpoint is helping our stakeholders be successful in their adventures and alternative fuels. So, I want to say thank you for for attending today and and we appreciate that. And always remember to reach out to technical service and uh, we can we can help you hopefully with your issues. If not, we can find folks that can help you with that. Thank you for your time. Thank you, John. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, John, and thanks again to Lori, Rita, and Steve for joining us. That's it for this episode of On The Go. As we wrap up, I want to thank the U.S. Department of Energy's Vehicle Technologies Office and our team here at the National Renewable Energy Lab for their support. Also a big thanks to Brittany Conrad and Vern Slocum, our podcast editors. If you want to learn more about Clean Cities and its partnerships to advance affordable, efficient, and clean transportation options to accelerate the development and widespread use of a variety of innovative transportation technologies, visit us at cleancities.energy.gov.